So, here are two situations that have something in common. Observe and tell me what it is. Are you ready? Situation number one. Order! Order! The witness may continue. Situation number two. Praise the Lord! I have accepted Christ. I am washing the blood of the Lamb. And I'm going to let my light shine. Okay, what do they have in common? Nothing. <laughs> Not nothing, Barrett. Yes. Smile. Hmm? Water. No, no. What did you say, Ann? Yes. They are both examples of a testimony. And I don't know if you noticed, but in today's gospel lesson, there is a lot of testimony going on. There's lots of testifying taking place. Did you notice? Right in our own St. John's Gospel, the first chapter, there is no courtroom, but there are many witnesses. John the Baptist testifies to Andrew about Jesus, saying, Here is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And then Andrew goes and testifies about Jesus to his brother Simon Peter. And then eventually Andrew and Simon Peter then go to other people, some of whom become disciples after they testify to them. And some of those people who become disciples then go testify to others who then in turn become disciples. And more and more, and everybody says the word more, more become disciples. Until finally, over the centuries, we get to maybe your mom, or your dad, or your first Sunday school teacher. Or whoever it was who first testified to you about Jesus. The person who first spoke to you about faith. Who was that person for you? Think about it for a second. Think about who were some of those first people who testified about Jesus or about faith to you. Now, what I'd like you to do, uh, and guess you can feel free to just listen or participate in this if you like or not, but what I'd like you to do is turn to someone next to you and tell them about one of these first people who testified about faith to you. Just briefly, turn to someone, tell them who one of those people were for you. Okay, let's come back, and now let's do a little survey. When you think about those first people who testified about faith to you, uh, raise your hand if it was a parent, relative, friend, uh, co-worker, uh, mentor, teacher, uh, writer, religious leader. Isn't that interesting where most of those hands were raised? Okay, um, let's change gears. Some of you have already been thinking about this, but now I want you to think about other spiritual witnesses that have been important in your journey. People who come alongside of you at different times. Not the, not the early beginning necessarily, but maybe someone who helped you to develop an adult faith. Or someone who helped you wrestle with some intellectual problems that you had with Christianity. Or someone who was an example to you of what it meant to be a Christian and a parent, or how they combined their faith with their professional life, or whatever it was, 
Who are some of those other significant people in your walk, in your journey over the years? Who, who were some of those folks? Think about it for a second. And again, tell someone next to you briefly about who one of those people were. Some of those other testifiers, witnesses. Who, who is somebody for you? Lots of whispering going on. I think, I think some of you should do this just to make it complete. Just cover your mouth like you're in school and you're whispering something. Okay, let's survey that one. Um, again, this is so somebody else who is significant in your faith journey along the way. Uh, raise your hand if it was a parent. The last time it was all parents. Uh, relative. Friend. More hands. Coworker. Mentor. Teacher. A writer. Religious leader. Okay, now the religious leaders get into the mix a little bit. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so we'll change gears there again. Now, what's interesting about all of that, these, the fact is we all need those kind of people in our lives. At every stage, every age, we need people to come alongside of us, whether they're mentors, whether they're friends. We need those testifiers. We need those spiritual witnesses. Or in the language of our rule of life, spiritual friends. Spiritual friends. Because I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I'm still trying to develop an adult faith. It'd be good to have someone to work on that with. Or maybe you do have intellectual problems with Christianity. Well, a lot of people do. It'd be nice to have someone to kind of work that out with. Or someone who could be an example of how they've worked that out. Or even just a trusted conversation partner. Someone who can say the stuff you need to say. You know, I don't believe this. Or whatever you want to say. And yet they're going to help you think about faith in parenting or grandparenting or faith in your work and how that all is supposed to work together. Or faith in any number of other aspects of your life. Sex. A couple of you looked up. Money. Politics. Politics. Uh, world hunger. Grief and mourning. Relationships. Darth Vader. I just added Darth Vader at the end just to see if you were paying attention. But growing in all of these areas, growing in our understanding of all these different aspects of life is part of the lifelong journey of Christian discipleship. Or to say it differently, of cooperating with God, with the Spirit, to transform our minds, our habits, and our hearts along the way of Christ. Okay, now for a joke that will have you howling like a hyena. <laughs> I watched the video this morning. I can't do it. That's a Canadian hyena. A Canadian hyena. Or chuckling like a chipmunk. That sounds like a duck. Duck hunt. Does anyone remember the dog from Duck Hunt? That's what that sounds like. I really hated that, that dog in Duck Hunt. But anyway, to the actual joke now. To the actual joke. So a antelope and a lion go into a diner. And they take a window seat, and the waiter comes up, and the antelope says, I'm going to have a plate of hay and a side order of radishes. And the waiter turns to the lion and says, what would you like, sir? And the lion says, absolutely nothing. And the waiter looks to the antelope and says, what's the matter with your friend? Uh, doesn't he want to order something? Isn't he hungry? And the antelope says, you think if he was hungry, I'd be sitting here?
That's it, folks. That's, that's, that's the joke. Fortunately, you are still sitting here. And so we'll leave the lion at the table. We'll leave the lion at the table. All right, let's put our thinking caps on. I really hope you've had your thinking caps on the whole sermon, because we believe in the use of the mind here very much. But if not, put it on now. So, think this through. If the very first disciples testified to others about Jesus, and then, then those other people, some, not all, some became disciples, and they testified about Jesus, and on and on and on throughout the centuries, if you and I are striving to be disciples, then what will we do? I know you don't want to say it, but what will we do? We will testify too. We will testify too. Let's say that together. We will testify too. Now, this is part of the fifth mark of discipleship in our congregational rule, which is found in the back of the bulletin. But number five, which is know the Christian story and invite others. Know the Christian story and invite others. Let's say that together. Know the Christian story and invite others. One more time. Know the Christian story and invite others. So what does that mean? Well, it means knowing God's story in Scripture, and in history, and in our own lives, and then inviting others into those stories. So, here's some true-false statements. You tell me whether they're true or whether they're false. There are many ways of testifying about Jesus. There are many ways of inviting others. There are many ways of passing on the torch of faith. Right. Okay, now, follow-up question. Are there soul-bruising, damaging ways of testifying about Jesus? Yeah, sadly, yes, there are. But what soul-beautifying, what soul-building-up ways of testifying are for you? How do you testify about Jesus or about your faith in your life? How does that work for you, or how might it work? Say, even as a shy Episcopalian. So, spend just a few seconds talking with the people around you about how that might work. How might you testify about Jesus or about your faith? How might that work? Go ahead, talk with the people around you. Don't be shy. I will make background noises. Background noise, background people said. Tentative thoughts. Won't be shy. Invite him to supper. Okay, good for me. Yes, that's what Jeff was saying about how you live your life. That's good. What are the thoughts that people talk about? Sharing your music. Sharing your music? So say more about that. Oh, okay. Iris played the violin. Sure. Oh, no, that is a way. Are you taking your gift and bring it to worship? That's good. What else? Other things that people said. Yeah, that is good. 
just telling people that you can go to church. Just yeah, just telling people. It's not even like an argument. It's just like in this weekend I hung up with friends or the family we did this. We went to church because that's just a little a little door there, a little window. Yep, letting people know. That's good. There. Say again. Jesus actually gives us a very non-threatening way of doing that in this passage. If you read the passage carefully, John 1, he tells Simon, Peter, and Andrew, he says, come and see. Come and see. So you're not arguing with someone. You're not telling them that they're wrong. You're not imposing something on them. You're simply saying, come and see. It could be come and see my church. It could be come and see our family life and we pray grace at our meals. It could be come and see how we serve the poor. Come and see the difference that we're making or be a part of the work we're doing with tutoring or whatever involvement you might have in the community. It could be come and see over history and today how many people who have done great works of justice, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., were motivated centrally by their faith in Jesus Christ. And say, just come and see. Come and see. There are different ways for different people, but come and see this way. So this year, take another road. Keep walking with those New Year's resolutions. Keep working on those intentions, those goals that we've talked about. How many of you are still working on those? How many of you already struggled a little bit? So okay. Keep at it. Take another road this year. But along the way, testify about Jesus. Share your faith as a beloved daughter, as a beloved son, as a beloved child of God. Because, take this to the bank of your heart, friends. There's somebody out there who needs to know that they are beloved by God too. Did you catch that? I'm going to rewind that one. Because there is somebody out there who needs to know that they are beloved by God too. And so, let your light shine. It could be a kind word. Just a kind word. An invitation. An offer of a simple prayer. It could be a thoughtful note. You can do these things. With God's help, you can definitely do these things. And through these little gestures, God will use you to make a difference in somebody else's life. Don't hold back the gift of your testimony. Because there are people's lives all around you every day. Just a little bit of your testimony, just a little bit of your light would encourage them, would console them, would cheer them. And maybe God would even use it to change them. So don't hold that back. Be the kind of witness that someday somebody will give thanks to God for. Because like John the Baptist, you pointed them toward Jesus. As Jesus says in Matthew 5.16, let your light shine. Testify to that light.